hands up Driving when the sun goes down The hum of 18 wheels Lord, that's a lonely sound I spend all day Chasing that old white line I've been on the road so long I've lost track of time Now it don't matter where I'm going I just gotta drive I have the white line fever to the day I gotta see I gotta look around I got diesel smoke rolling From two crumb stacks My address is 408-414 A big blue Mac Now it don't matter where I'm going I just gotta drive I have the white line fever to the day That's The Road Is My Life, and me and Dennis McKay wrote that song just for you. Gary, how do they get that copy of that CD? Well, a great way to do it is give me a call, 618-383-2107. I'll mail you a copy, or you can log on to our website, lonesomeroad.org. That's awesome. It is. Today, Gary, uh, we have an update program. Update? What's well, that? the program's not update, but we're going to update it. We're going to play an old program and then talk about updating it. We're going to talk about what God has done since this CD was made. Well, I'll tell you, this is going to be a powerful message for somebody out there. It is. Yeah. Because God moves in mysterious ways. His wonders to perform. It's amazing. Uh, we serve a powerful, awesome God that when he heals someone, it becomes a testimony. See, without a test, you don't have a testimony. Amen, brother. Now, he doesn't give us the test. You know, as long as we live on this earth, we're going to deal with fleshly issues. We're going to get sick. Mm-hmm. We're going to get tired. We're going to get sick and tired of being sick and tired. We've all heard that. But this program today is going to remind us of God's mercy and good grace. Uh, back in 2013, I discovered I had cancer. Yep. That's when my wife got cancer, 13. Yep. And that will sh- shake you to the core. And I know there's someone out here listening to this that has it. Or know someone that has it. But this disease is of Satan. It's of this earth. It's not a heavenly disease by far. Right. God doesn't give you cancer. But he can heal you from it. But I had surgery in 2014. Took the cancer out. So yes. it's five years later. 2019. And I'm cancer free. And one other thing that was going on at that time was not only was I going to have to have cancer surgery, I was told that I was going to have to have back surgery. I had two discs that were pretty much gone. Uh, I had uh, soft tissue damage from arthritis in my lower back. And one doctor said they need to operate, and another doctor said you better not operate. But the great physician says, I'm going to heal you. Amen. My wife told the doctor that, I, that she was not going to have a husband that lived on medication for the rest of his life sitting in a recliner. I had a man, a chaplain with Channel 21, pray for me. 
in January of 2014. This is three months before my surgery. And he prayed for me twice that day. And that night, it was a Tuesday night. I went to bed and I told my wife, I said, my back's not hurting. The next morning on Wednesday, I got up. My back's not hurting. And my back hadn't hurt in five years, Gary. Amen. Amen. So God. I know he's a healing God. He is a you healing You know, you God. can't argue with that. That's my testimony. You can argue scripture and you can argue Bible, but you're not going to argue with the person's testimony. Amen. And today on this program, you're going to hear three stories about a healing God. Because the update here is that Linda has been cancer-free for five years. Right. And Aiden Turnbow is leukemia and cancer free he's free free he indeed free indeed he's a mess he's a 12 year old boy that he's just you know i want to hit him with a fly swatter every time i sit now i love him he's a good kid and but he's cancer free he's playing baseball in the summer mm. uh, he's doing great he's put on a lot of weight he's put on his hair i mean he, he's free yeah. he's cured and that could happen to you right amen so uh what we're going to do today is we're going to share these testimonies that we done on a CD five years ago. Yeah. And you're going to be blessed by hearing today's program, and it's going to help you. And at the end, we're going to give you our phone numbers, and we're going to pray with you. Yes. Whatever you got going on, we want to pray with you. We want you to call us. Well, I was very honored and blessed to have these folks sitting around our kitchen table at my house. Yeah. And the, the, the title of this CD is Prayers Are Never Wasted, Another View from the Kitchen Table. So today we're going to start out with our, my good friend Daryl, Daryl Spicer of Channel 21 Ministries. And, and he's got a lot he wants to share with you. He's got a lot on his heart. And just, he's just going to open up his heart and share with you uh, what he's been through. Well, thank you, Gary. I appreciate it. It's really a pleasure having you and Linda come down and visit with us and a great fellowship that we've had so far and uh, with uh, Chaplain Richard and Christy Turnbow. Uh, they're over here today and we're having good fellowship and great food. We've all gained five pounds today <laughs> with my wife's cooking, but uh, it's been a real blessing. Uh, it is an honor and a blessing to have fellowship with folks of like mind and like faith. Uh, a lot of folks, they go to church and they say, well, it's boring. No, it's not boring. <laughs> it's, it is awesome to have fellowship with one another. Like Gary said, this, this is not a topic that, that uh, anyone wants to sit down and discuss, uh, especially when it's, you're talking about your problem with this, uh, with this nasty thing called cancer. The difference I see as a Christian man is, is when, when I go through these things or go through anything like this, the Lord is there with you. There's days you don't feel like he's there with you. My pastor says many times, there's days I get up and I don't feel saved. Uh, the world is tough, but we have a promise through Jesus Christ that I never had before in my life. So to go through something like this uh, and to know that and to come out stronger than I was before I went in is amazing. And that's just a testimony of Jesus. There's a scripture that I want to read to you, and, and, and we're not going to get churchy and all of that, but you know what? We live this stuff. We breathe this stuff. This is what we do, and it's through the Word of God that builds us up and gives us the strength. And in Romans 1.17, the Word says, For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith, and it is written, The just shall live by faith. And that's the word faith. It, it, I don't. Ha I can't make faith. It, it doesn't happen. The faith comes from Jesus Christ. It comes from 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 God Himself, that He reveals Himself to you, to so you can build up your faith. Uh, I had prostate cancer, and the key word here, I had it. Uh, it's gone, and uh, it could have turned out a lot different. But last year, uh, in in May of uh, 2013. I went and had some normal blood tests. I'm an old man. you got to get this stuff done every now and then. And we had the normal blood test, and my PSA level come back normal. This was in May. I had to go back to the doctor in August, and, and there was something in my spirit that says, have another PSA test. And I, I told the nurse, I said, you're going to take my blood. Let's do another PSA. And she says, well, your last one was normal, so we don't do that but every year. I said, no, I want another one done now. And she said, well... You don't need one. Your insurance won't pay for it. 
I don't know where this came from. I said, I don't care about my insurance paying for it. I want another PSA test. She said, okay. A week later, I get a call from my doctor. It's never good when the doctor calls you himself. And he said, sir, he said, uh, your PSA level has jumped two points uh, in the last four months. We need to get this looked at. I don't know. Okay, all right, fine, I'll do this. I don't know anything about this stuff. So he sent me to a specialist, a urologist. And, uh, Gary, I don't know if you put this on the CD or not, but they do that woo-woo test. <laughs> woo-woo! <laughs> and uh, he said that he did detect a small tumor. And I said, okay, that's not good. I don't know much about medicine, but I know that ain't good. So uh, he set me up for a biopsy. And he called me, this was on a Tuesday, and he called me on Friday, and he said that I did have the cancer. So we went in the next week and, and, and to find out what we're going to do about it, because I didn't know. I started looking at things up on the Internet, and sometimes that's not good. And uh, so we went in, and he gave us three options, uh, wait and see, removal, or radiation. And this doctor is a Christian man. And I, I knew I could trust him. And I said, Doc, what would you do? He said, I'd take it out. Why live with this in your body? And I couldn't you know, agree more with him. So in uh, January or March, we set it up to have it taken, taken care of in March. And uh, today I'm cancer-free. We live by faith, and, and when we went to the hospital that morning, I, I just I had total peace in my heart that this was going to turn out good and that things was going to be fine, and it did. I'm here three months later talking about it, but it was some tough times. There was That first five days, I was in the hospital five days, and, and I was on morphine every two hours, and the, the, the hour I didn't have the morphine, they gave me Dilatas, and I was in a, a lot of pain for five days. And I and I didn't feel God for five days. I just didn't feel I I didn't feel spiritual. You know, it just wasn't there because of all the pain and everything that I was going through and my wife was going through. She stayed there with me through it all. And I asked her a few days, a week or so afterwards. I said, you know, back when I was in the world, I've been saved six and a half years. I said. Uh, when I was in the world, I, I, I had some colorful language. We all know truck drivers. Not all of them, thank God. But I, I asked her, I said, in all of that, and, and I was delirious a lot. I was just not out of my mind with pain and just whatever going on. I said, did I ever swear? Did I cuss? She said, not one time. That convinced me right there that I'm changed. <laughs> I'm saved. <laughs> but... I heard this said of a preacher one time, a young preacher, he's filled a glass up with water. And he's talking to his, uh, to his young people's group. And he, and he picked up that glass of water, and it was full. And he told one of the young men to come up and hit him in the shoulder. And he meant hard. And this little guy come up, and he, he punched him pretty hard. Well, guess what flew everywhere? Water. See, what you put in the vessel is what's going to come out of the vessel. So for the last six and a half years, I've been putting Jesus in my spirit. I've been hungry for God. He made me hungry for him. I've studied the word. I've done all I could to learn more about Jesus because I can't talk about somebody I don't know if I don't know him. So the Lord has really blessed me for the last six and a half years to, that I can get full of him and learn him and know him because we're going to go through this stuff. We're going to go through things on earth. Our bodies, uh, it's made of flesh. I taught at a, uh, a senior's uh, Sunday school class one time. I filled in for a lady, and uh, the youngest person in the class was 72, and the oldest was 92. And guess what the topic was? Healing. <laughs> you know, here's people on walkers and canes and broken backs and liver spots and everything else, and, and here's a guy that's 25, 20 years younger than him going to talk about healing. And uh, what did I know about it? But I prayed about it, and I thought about it, and I, and, and I talked to God about it. And, and what the Lord showed me is our bodies is nothing but a vehicle to carry our spirit and our soul while we're here on earth. And my way of thinking, uh, I'm pretty much a utility vehicle for my spirit. I'm a Jeep. <laughs> you know? I mean, I'm just carrying my spirit and my soul around to testify about the Lord. Uh, we had a big old five-gallon milk can at our church that we was throwing our change in for a, 
a mission in Africa. And I used that as an example. I said, look at that old uh, stainless steel milk jug out there. Look how beat up, beat up it is. It's not what the can looks like. It's what's inside the can. The finances that's going into that can is going to pay for a church in Africa. It's what's inside of you is what counts more than what's on the outside. It's your spiritual being. When I got saved, I was talking to God one day about how he had changed my heart and how he knew my heart, and he was very specific to me. He said, I didn't change your heart. I changed your being. He changed who I was. In order for me to go through this cancer and the treatments and, and everything that's been going on with this, I had to be a different Daryl. I couldn't be me. I had to be somebody in Christ to be able to deal with this because I have peace in my heart. Did I have trouble? Did I sit down one day and say, God, why are you doing this to me? What have I done to you? I sure did. Did I walk around outside when I could walk and cry and say, God, my life has changed? Well, I'm sitting here three, three months later and my life has changed, but it hasn't changed drastically. He's bringing me back. And I, and I feel so much better every day. And I give him all the glory and all the credit because to have a doctor that, that is faith-based and, and, and uh, people around me, my church home, uh, you know, folks come and visited and called and, and text and chaplains. And it was, it was awesome to have these people gather around. So if you're going through something like this, lift up your heart to him. Pray to him. Talk to him. Get mad at him sometimes. He can take it. He can take it. Because I told him one morning, I said, Lord, I'm going through this. You better do something with this. This is too much to bear on my own. Give me a, a, a mission. Give me something that I could share and help somebody else with this because this is too much for one person to bear. God really blessed me with a wife that just, she was just there by my side all the time and helped me uh, through things that I never thought would <laughs> Bless her heart. All I can say is bless her heart. And uh, so if you have a spouse or a loved one that's taking care of you, uh, make sure you, you thank the Lord for him and let him know how much you appreciate it. Thank you, Gary, for this opportunity. All right, Daryl, thank you. God bless you, man. I'll tell you, uh, it's it's tough uh, when you have to go through something like this. I mean, Linda went through the, the colon cancer, and, and it, was, it was not just hard on Linda, but it was hard on me too. So... Uh, I know you've went through a lot, but your wife, Joyce, she has been the rock that has kept you Man. not only in faith, but took good care of you while you was going through all this. And she still is. And she's she just a, a wonderful lady. And we want to hear from uh, Joyce now and, and just get her thoughts on uh, what, uh, what it's been like the last three months. Yeah. Or it's went actually farther than that, hasn't it? Yeah. Uh, when did you first find out? Uh, Last uh, August. August, yeah. So six months or more. Uh, yeah. You guys have been putting up and dealing with this. And and uh, so, Joyce, uh, give us your thoughts on, on uh, the last six months or so. Well, the only thing I can think of to say is that uh, we hear about other people and we hear about cancer all over the place these days. But when somebody looks at you and says, it's your family, it's your husband, it's your wife, it's your child, then you see it a little bit differently. It, it hits home a little bit more. And um, the only way to get through it is with his help, just with God's help and staying in touch with him and thanking him that you know who he is and that he's your father and that he cares for you and that he's going to take care of you and that he's going to be there with you through whatever you go through. We go through things here on earth because we are here on earth. And um, until we go to heaven, things are not going to be perfect. And our bodies are going to give out, and our bodies are going to have problems. And all we can do is trust in the Lord to get us through what we go through here and, and look forward to seeing him someday in heaven. And I thank him so much for all the all the love and all the assurance that I got from God is the only way that we got through this because if I didn't know he was on our side if I didn't have anywhere to turn if if I didn't have an assurance from him that that Daryl is his child and and he cares for him and he would take care of him then 
it could have been a whole lot worse. Um, there's just nothing like having the Lord on your side and having someone to go to that you know cares and that you know can do what you need done um, in that time. That's really all I can say. All right. Thank you. Thank you, Joyce. God bless you and, and Daryl. And, and I'll tell you, uh, so many people out there are being touched by your ministry, Channel 21 Ministries. What an awesome ministry this is. And, and Richie Turnbow, uh, Chaplain Richie Turnbow, uh, is a big part of this. Richie and Christy both are such a big part of this. And they, they're like family to you guys. I mean, I, you refer to them as your children. Yeah. <laughs> and you love them so much. And, and it's just awesome to have uh, people by you that you can uh, depend on and trust and, and pray with in hard times that we come through. And so Richie and Christy, uh, they have a little boy named Aiden. And he has leukemia and it's in remission. So he's just a... From I haven't got to meet him yet. I've been wanting to meet Aiden, and I, I've heard a lot about him. He's a little fireball, <laughs> but they've been talking about him this morning. And and uh, I'll tell you what, this is a precious couple, and and they have only been saved a very short time. Uh, and Richie got saved listening to a CD from Rig Ministries called Bus Number Nineteen by Terry Hopkins. And what a what a powerful message and testimony that he has. Uh, matter of fact, we've got it out on CDs. Uh, we recorded it about a year ago when we was down here with, at Daryl and Joyce's house and made that views from the kitchen table. And we got Richie and uh, Christie's testimony on a CD, and and that's a powerful CD too. So, if, but right now I just want you guys to hear from uh, uh, Richie and Christie. And I just want them to talk and share their hearts about their family and, and the things that they've been through and how it's changed since they got saved and are following Jesus Christ. So, Christy, won't you tell us a little bit about uh, what uh, your family's been through since you found out about uh, Aiden and his leukemia and how it's affected your family and then uh, how it's changed since you guys have become saved and started following Jesus Christ. Thanks, Gary. Aiden was diagnosed with leukemia in October of 2012. And he was in remission like a month after. And he's in for treatments for the next three years. We've been through a lot, but he is doing wonderful now. He, um, we go to the doctor once a month now. But I want to start off going, referring back to something Joyce said. Um, I've had a lot of people in my family have cancer. And my sister, for once, was the most recent one. She had breast cancer. And even though I was with her during this time, it never hit me like it did when it hit Aiden. Of course, I guess a lot of people can understand that when it's your own child. But even though I've seen her take medicine and see what it done to her and affect her, when it actually hit home, as far as my son, it was really different. You could see what he was going through every day, and my sister's a lot older. She could tell you what the medicines was doing or how she was feeling and what different medicines was doing to her taste buds and stuff to where Aiden can't explain what's going on with him and tell you what he's experiencing. You kind of have to just put the pieces to the puzzle together. But it's really opened my eyes to see how when you go to treatments and all the things that you actually have to go through when you ha are diagnosed with cancer, how it affects you. Um, Aiden started having leg cramps close to a year prior. Um, I noticed when he was really busy that day, if we was doing something and he stayed going all day, he would come home and say his legs hurt. And he would just collapse no matter where, whether it was in the living room, the kitchen floor, just wherever he would collapse. And it got to be an ongoing process as far as more often he would complain, my legs hurt. So me and Richie talked, and we just kind of put it off as growing pains. But as far as I can remember everybody saying, growing pains mainly was at night. Well, 
it was getting to be an everyday thing. He would come home from school and he's like, my legs hurt. We tried ice packs, we tried heating pads, we tried Tylenol, ibuprofen, anything, and nothing was working. So we had talked about taking him to the doctor, but we just put it off to see what was going to happen next. And uh, I don't remember where we went, but my mom called and she said uh, his arms was hurting. And that was different. So anyway, she tried the heating pads and ice packs and stuff to the arms to see. So that kind of threw us off to why his arms was hurting and not his legs. But anyway, this went on and it was back to his legs and um, the school started calling. And that's when it got my concern was because now he was missing school. So I just set him down one day after the school had called and said that he was crying and sitting in the middle of the floor and crying. And so I got him in to the side and I asked him, I said, now Aiden, I said, um, is your legs hurting? He said, yes. I said, well, the only thing I can tell you is I'm, I'm going to take you to the doctor. And I said, the doctor may give you a shot. I just wanted to see what he would say. See how bad it was really hurting him to see if it would scare him and say he was fine. Because we had put it off as hurt, growing pains and we wondered if he might have hurt us say our legs hurt. So we wanted to see, I wanted to see exactly how bad his legs was hurting. He sat there and he thought about it for a minute. And he said, okay, Mama, I'm ready. If I have to get a shot, I'll get a shot. He said, my legs is hurting. So I took him to the doctor and they told me that um, there was a lot of procedures they could do. They could um, start off with MRIs or a blood test. And I said, well, let's go with the blood test, see what it shows. And um, it's his hemoglobin level that they um, was looking at, which is really a red blood cell count. And um, it was it was low, but it wasn't as low as what usually puts them in a, um, I guess, a scary thought or knowing for sure if it was cancer or not. But he did. The doctor went ahead and asked me if he could talk to a cancer doctor in Nashville. And that was the hard hit was... You're thinking growing pains, and the next thing comes out of the doctor's mouth is a cancer doctor. So anyway, I told him to do what he needed to do to find out, because we wanted to know what was wrong with Aiden. Something had to be wrong if he was crying and having this much pain with his legs. So it started off there, and we done blood work. They talked to the doctors in Nashville, and they said that his levels wasn't low enough to be worried about it at this time but they wanted us to come back on Friday and do another blood work so that's what we done we went back on Friday Richie took off from work that day to go with us and they set up an appointment to go to Nashville that Tuesday his blood levels had not really dropped but they hadn't really increased or anything since then so we went ahead and went to Nashville Tuesday and as soon as we got there, they took us back and said he was definitely leukemia. And uh, they said it was the most common, but the most curable. And he had leukemia, A-L-L-B, I think is what it was. And it, what, hit it, what it is, is where the red blood cells was breaking apart before they matured. So his red blood cells wasn't maturing before they went out through his body so they was dying so um they admitted him that night to the hospital they gave him blood put him in surgery the next day done started chemo spinal taps everything started then we stayed in the hospital for 11 days got home and we was going to the doctor to nashville once a week sometimes twice a week then it got to be every other week, and he was in remission a month after that. Aiden was diagnosed in October. Of 2012. Of that year. Uh, uh, I know that she was, uh, I know that she was praying a lot. You know, all mothers do. Mm -hmm. So she was praying a lot. Uh, just to be honest with you, I was not. Most, most people would... Uh, first thing they would do is start praying to God and uh, I did not because I knew I had been away uh, from God for so long uh, 
I just didn't feel like he would listen to me anyways. When Richie talks about he didn't pray, uh, I didn't know Richie's background as far as with the Lord. I didn't know Christie's at all. Uh, didn't know Richie was running from the Lord, but if you're not saved, you are running from the Lord. And Richie would tell me over and over when he was telling me about his son and what his son was going through. We didn't know him personally then, but I kept saying, Richie, we'll pray for you guys. And he says, don't waste your prayers on me. And I'd tell him real quick, prayers are never wasted. Never wasted. He said, well, I'd rather if you be praying for my son and my wife. They're going through this. I'm out here in this truck. And, and I, I want you praying for them. And I said, well, I want to pray for all of you. Uh, and he meant it. He meant it. And I'm sure there's people out there now listening to this thinking, well, I, I'm not worthy of it. And you're not. I wasn't worthy of it. Richie wasn't worthy of it. Uh, Christ was. He's already paid the price. So going to him uh, is not a waste of a prayer. And that's obvious by these two sitting here at the table today. Uh, the prayers wasn't wasted. Back in December of 2012, Richie came home with some CDs, and we started listening to the CDs. And then um, one day he came home, and he was sharing the CDs. And we both ended up getting saved. Well, he got saved in the truck, listened to the CDs. But anyway, that night we was listening to the CDs, and he led me to the Lord that night in December. And uh, but this has been weighing on me a lot with Aiden going through the leukemia and everyone telling us that they was praying for us and we was getting little cards and letters saying that they was praying for Aiden. And it was people for that we didn't even know. And... Uh, like Daryl said, you know, Richie had let me know that they was praying for us. And Daryl and them was praying for us. A lot of people at the church was praying for us. They didn't even know us yet, you know. And I was praying at the time for Aiden. And we wasn't saved, but it's, I don't know how to put this in words. I guess what I'm trying to say is with the prayers that Aiden was receiving and knowing that that many people was praying for him and getting to see personally how Aiden was changing, it seemed like God had to be working for Aiden, be healing him and touching his heart, touching his life and bringing him back to normal for us. And maybe the medicine done some of it, but I'm going to give God all the credit because well, of course, yeah. um, I'm just believed that everyone was praying for Aiden, it healed him. God healed him through the prayers of everybody that was reaching out to him. And I owe everything that I have to God, and I'm planning on doing what I can to repay him by getting more people to him if I can. And that's what I'm hoping these CDs will do, is if you're going through something like this, that you can uh, reach out to God and how people pray for you like we did for Aiden. Shortly after we arrived here for this meeting, um, uh, Brother brother Gary Rayburn, he shared a, a short testimony uh, with me about Joe Arview. And Joe, was, Joe Arview was speaking about his grandson. And this was a real-life, surreal uh, event where they were at risk of losing that, that young baby. And we, we sit down and we listen to his, uh, his testimony and we listen to his brand new song that Joe had wrote. And what a powerful, powerful song that Joe has written uh, about his grandson. And we know that you're going to enjoy it. It really touched our lives and I know it's going to touch yours. So here's Joe Arview's brand new song, Here With Me. This day must make you wonder If you're gonna make it through The time has come for you to find The faith I've given you To see your baby lying there 
All lifeless and alone There's something I can help you make it through I faced it with my own When I gave you Jesus My one and only son This battle that you're facing now I've already won And I hear your cries And I know just what you need If you never hold your baby there He'll be here with me Well I know you had your doubts and your fears have abound but now you've got to trust me and I won't let you down that child of yours is coming home just you wait and see lift up your eyes this day and see your victory Oh, I gave you Jesus My one and only son This battle that you're facing now I've already won And I hear your cries And I know just what you If you never hold your baby there He'll be here with me Though the thunder shake you And the rain fade your view And the lightning strike in your path I'll still be here for you Here for you This battle that you're facing now I've already won And I hear your cries And I know just what you need If you never hold your baby there He'll be here If you never hold your baby there He'll be here with me I love you, Bubby. I love you. we had the whole world to give to God, it would not be enough to pay him for what he's done for us. Uh, but, you know, we are so thankful in knowing that we knew, we know without a shadow of a doubt, uh, our faith tells us that God has healed our son. And he, and he, you know, his divine will is his purpose. And he, he has done this for a reason. I don't know if it's for us or for someone else, or if he has plans for, for Aiden in his life. Uh, but he, he done this for a reason. And, um, um, he brought us close as a family, you know, when you go through something uh, uh, dramatic as this, it'll bring you close as a family, you know. Uh, but uh, the reason, uh, right shortly after she told me that he had leukemia, basically when we found out he lived, had leukemia, you know, I, I just went numb. That's why I was telling, you know, Daryl and them, don't, don't be praying for me because I, like I said, I'd been running from God for so long, I didn't think he'd listen to me anyways. So I didn't ask him for nothing. Didn't pray. Uh, I, but I knew others uh, others were praying. And it, it falls back to, it's, it's kind of like the book of Job, where you know, you know God was challenged by Satan uh, about Job. 
and uh, you know Satan told him, "Will you protect this man? You, you've, have you not put a hedge around him?" And God allowed this man, Job, this good man, to to be uh, struck down with uh, his children lost, his finances, and and everything that he had. Uh, and in the end, Job he he passed the test. He never uh, declined his faith for God, and he never cursed God, even though his wife wanted him to. But back when my mother had died with cancer, I failed that test. But I had, I had failed that test. You know, I did curse God and I walked away. And, uh, but this, this go around with Aiden, I didn't do anything. I uh, didn't, didn't pray to him and most certainly wasn't going to cuss him. I wasn't going to fail that test again. So uh, I let others do the praying for me. And, and I'm so thankful that they did because I know God heard their prayers and he was faithful to answer and uh, you know he, he has healed my son he has given me a great marriage and he's also let me serve him by being a chaplain also he, he's instilled in me a, a hunger to serve him uh, and given me a purpose for life and what better purpose in life than to serve Christ there's no better purpose or no better calling than that what than anyone can have is to to serve him and, and a, a hunger to want to help others to open their eyes to, uh, to his love and his salvation. So we're very thankful for the for for Daryl and Joyce, for for Gary and uh, and his wife Linda, and for all those around us that prayed for us and that uh, that helped us during this time. And uh, the very first time that my wife Christy had prayed out loud, uh, we held hands and we prayed for uh, Linda Rayburn. We had not met her, but we knew what she was going through. And uh, so we held hands and Christy prayed out loud uh, for Linda. And I am confident that God heard her prayer. We're, we're sitting around this kitchen table right now. And the reason we're making this CD is because the love of Jesus Christ that's in us. And we want to share it with you. So here's Daryl. Thank you, Gary. Uh, as I was going through the the surgery and everything that uh, afterwards, you know, sometimes there's some emotional emotions that come out that <laughs> you didn't even know you had. And as a man, uh, you you don't you don't feel right by shedding a tear. You just, you just want to cowboy up. And there was a lot of times in the last three months I didn't feel like cowboying up. I guess if I had somebody to sit down that's gone through this and talk to them about it, uh, whether they could help or not is, 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 is irrelevant, is, is the fact that uh, they understood what I was going through. My wife did. She saw it. She lived and breathed it. But some of you don't have that wife and don't have that person that you can sit down and talk to when you're going through something like this. Uh, if, if you're in that dark spot, and I was in many a dark spots in the last few months, uh, give me a call. I'll pray with you. We'll just talk. And if you want, brother, I'll, call, I'll cry with you. Uh, my number is 615-663-3199. Uh, we need to lean on Jesus. But the Lord told us to love one another as he has loved us. That way they'll know that you're to our disciples. So let's lean on one another. God bless you. And whatever you're going through, we're here to help. Channel 21 and our chaplains out on the road are here to help. Or you can, my cell phone number is 618-383-2107. I'll be glad to talk to you, pray with you. And if you don't get a hold of one of us, leave us a message and we'll get back with you. We want to we wanna help you. That's what we're here for. And so we have, a, we have a heart to reach out to those that are hurting and you know, we've been there, each one of us. My wife, Linda, had colon cancer, uh, and I'm going to let her tell the story. So here's my wife, uh, Linda. Well, I was diagnosed with colon cancer in January of 2013. I had been having um, symptoms of something I didn't know what for about a year before that, and I just... I just always put it off. It seems like you, you do want to put off something that you think might be bad. And, and down inside, actually, I knew that something was going on inside my body that wasn't good. 
And so finally it got to the point where I just couldn't, I couldn't ignore these symptoms anymore. I had uh, severe bloating and just, I was just so uncomfortable and, and sick most of the time. And so I finally went to the doctor and they wanted to do a colonoscopy, which my family doctor had been trying to get me to do for five years. I was, uh, 57 at the time and she had you're supposed to get them at 50 so I had put it off for a, a long long time and um, so we went and had a colonoscopy done and the doctor told Gary just as soon as I was through with my test that he thought that I had colon cancer he was he was sure that I had colon cancer and he had removed a big cancerous polyp and there was a big mass in there um, that would have to come out that he, couldn't that he couldn't remove yeah that would have to have surgery so I had to wait for about probably a week before the pathology report came but I never I never really heard they never really let us know um, and then one day I called to see if I could find out if what the results of these tests were and the nurse that answered the phones just started reading off of my chart. She says, well, let me see here. She says, well, this says that you have early stage colon cancer. And down in my heart, I think I already knew that. But when you hear that word, it's just kind of a shock to your system. I mean, Christian or not, nobody wants to hear that word, you know. And I got to say, some fear came over me. And I, I cried at first, you know, because it's just, you know what you're going to have to go through, I think is what it is. But then just all of a sudden, just, I didn't like hear God's voice or anything like that. It was just a, a peace in my soul just came over me. And I knew that whatever I went through, it was the, the end result was going to be okay. You know, I just knew that God was in control and I, I was going to make it through this, even though it was only early stage, still you know what you're going to have to go through to, to get to this good result, you know. But I just, I just always knew that I, I would make it through this and I would be okay. I got diagnosed in January, but I had had a virus, uh, some kind of a virus that I couldn't get over, so I had to wait until I, I got well before I could have my surgery. So that was a two-month span that I had to wait. And meanwhile, Gary put uh, the problem in, in the newsletter. And immediately, I just started getting cards from people all over the United States. I'd, I had never even met, uh, probably will never meet most of them. Yeah. Christy uh, was someone that I had never met yet. Uh, it was the first time she'd ever prayed for anyone. But I would... Uh, during my my wait, I would get these cards every day. Um, I would look forward to it. it. It just lifted me up and it encouraged me um, that there w was strangers out there praying for me, someone they didn't know, wouldn't have to care about, wouldn't have to take the time to buy a card, write a note in it, and send it to me. And it just, it amazed me. It floored me. And it, it just, it was just the love of God. You know, it was just the love of God. Those cards actually got me through that long waiting period. I didn't dwell on having cancer. I, I seldom even thought about it. That's just what it did for me. You know, I, I didn't even think about having cancer. I did think about my surgery that I was going to have because I've had several serious surgeries, and I dreaded that. That was a, a dread that I had, but, you know, I didn't, I, I just didn't, I didn't fret about it. But the cards, the cards meant everything to me. They just, they lifted me up. But finally, I got well enough to have my surgery. I went in on March the 12th of 2013 for my surgery. The surgery took longer than the doctors had anticipated for whatever reason, I'm not sure. But my family was in the waiting room and, and all that. And the doctor came out after the surgery was over and told Gary that she was 99.9% .9 sure that 
it definitely was cancer, but she'd have to send off the pathology report, you know, just to have for sure. I, I remember when uh, Dr. Shores came out and, and talked about the tumor she took out. She said that was one of the worst looking tumors she'd ever seen. And she was sure it was cancer, but, and the pathology report before it, I already said it was cancer on the other one. And, uh, but she was pretty sure it was all contained in the 18 inches of colon that she had removed. And she thought everything was gonna be okay. So even though this tumor was cancer, she was pretty sure she got it all. And she would wait for the pathology report to come back before she decided if we'd have to do chemo and radiation or any of that stuff. And so uh, that's when, uh, what was it, another week or so before you went to the doctor, uh, after you got out of the hospital? Yeah, I had to go the next yeah. week. Yeah, and then uh, tell, them, tell them what happened when Dr. Shores come in the office. We're sitting in there waiting on her. Well, we were sitting in her office waiting for her to come in, and... Um, she came through the door, and she had this great, happy look on her face, and she was doing the, a little dance, and we said, oh, good, no chemo. And she said, no, no chemo, no cancer. God had healed my cancer and taken all of that cancer away. Yeah. And Dr. Shore, she, she, agreed, she agreed with us that it was God. It was a miracle of God that there was no cancer because she'd seen cancer and she knew what she was looking at, but this was this was gone. God had completely healed her and taken the cancer away. So we just praise the Lord for that, and we praise the Lord for all the people out there that that was praying for us and sending Linda cards and, and letters and encouragement, and and that's why we're that's why we're down here making this CD is for so we can give back. Uh, you give us so much, and now we want to give it back and help you and pray for you and, and uh, lift you up in your time or trial. And that's, that's what this uh, CD is going to be all about, is helping someone else. I just want to thank God for looking at me a sinner that's, that's no better than anyone else having mercy on me that he would see fit to heal me of cancer and I just thank him when you started talking something come to me for some reason right as I was looking at Gary when you were saying that I don't know if anybody knows this I was mentioning it to Richie last year when we was at the CD conference um, really nobody there knew what was going on with me and Richie at home with Aiden but um this two ladies walked out while we was outside in the parking lot just talking and stuff and they said they don't know what was going on with us but God had told them that everything was going to be okay and she just come up and patted me on the back and she said I just wanted to let you know God just told me that everything's going to be okay and we just looked at each other like thank you and just was like in awe because just come out of the blue they just walked out the doors and just seen us there talking and they was like and as far as i know we hadn't mentioned anything at the scene uh, we, no. we weren't talking about the leukemia phase uh, no. we were basically talking about our uh, how we got saved and our right. salvation and what to transpire to, to that point but right. these these two women of god they knew yeah in Proverbs 18.14, the word says, The spirit of a man will sustain his infirmities, but the wounded spirit who can bear? And I read that to say that as long as your spirit is strong, the infirmities means your sickness, a disease, cancer. That's, that can be an infirmity. But if your spirit is wounded, how are you going to be able to bear that infirmity, that sickness? And that's why as, as Christians, we can sit here and say, woe is us, we've gone through a lot. We have struggled so much with this word cancer. Uh, but but our, our spirit is full of joy. Our spirit is full of happiness. And more importantly, our, fear, our spirit is full of hope. Uh, we go through these things. 
Joe Arview has an awesome uh, CD out and a song out. Um, it's called The Days I Need Him Most of All. And what it says in that CD is them are the days that we kind of turn them aside and we don't listen to him and we're not paying attention to him and we don't go to him. And them are the days we need him most of all. So when we say that we're going through this stuff and we're on medication and we got all these doctors and nurses and all of this stuff going on and we got pain and we got suffering and, and we're just trying to survive. There's days that we don't let our spirit show forth, you know, of what's in us, inside of us. We don't show people Jesus. But the Word of God says that we are to put on the whole armor of God. And that when we put on the whole armor of God, that means we're going to battle. So as Christians, we're always continuously in battle. But there's sometimes we fall down on the battlefield. And we can't, we can't fight the fight. And the reason we come out at the other end is because Jesus is on that battlefield fighting that battle for us while we're down. And he doesn't leave his wounded on the battlefield. So that's why we have the joy that we have because there are days that we just don't feel saved. And there are days that things are going on in our life because we're in this world with you. The, the ones that are not following Christ. And, and our goal as, as Christians is to show you that joy and the peace that we'd have never had if we didn't have Christ in our lives. I could not imagine going through this without Christ in my life. My doctor has told me that there's men that has committed suicide after this surgery. I never once thought about that. I never once, it didn't cross my mind. Now there was days I wish I could have died. <laughs> but I didn't go that route. But Christ is my strength. This is all done because of Christ and the strength that he has given us. We're not strong. We're just people just like you. Truck driver, I got a CDL in my wallet just like you do. I'm no different than you are. But we have Christ in our life. Thank you, brother. Well, drivers, we sure appreciate you letting us ride along with you in the cab. But we don't want to leave you until you know that you know that you know if you died today, if you'd go to heaven or not. We want to make sure that you're saved and on your way to heaven. And if you've never asked Jesus into your heart, it's a simple little prayer. Or maybe you did when you was young and you haven't lived for God, now's the time to make a U-turn and come back. God allows U-turns. All you have to do is pray from your heart and ask Him to come into your life. Just pray a simple little prayer like, Lord Jesus, forgive me for my sins. I surrender my life to You. Come into my heart, and I will live for You from this day forward. In Jesus' name, amen. Driver, if you prayed that prayer with me, give us a call here at Lonesome Road Ministries at 618-383-2107 or call Chaplain Daryl Spicer. At 615-663-3199. We'd love to hear from you. We want to walk this walk with you. If you don't want to call us, call somebody and let them know that you fell in love with Jesus. And here's that song that Daryl was talking about. The days I need him most of all. Here's Joe Arview. Sometimes I fail God And wonder why he'd let me go so far Without a rhyme or reason He stuck around to watch me fall apart And sometimes I ask him why Why would you want to keep me in your grace For I know I have done some things To make me want to run and hide my face 
I think I can make it on my own Until the teardrops start Only when I'm sick or lonely When I see my life falling apart Now I'm getting on the right track Pray the Lord catch me if I fall For the days when I don't want Him Are the days I really need Him most of all now Here I stand beneath Him Begging for his mercy on my soul Again I've made a mess of things Lord come again and take control Forgive me Lord for I have sinned I've left you out and made decisions on my own Now I give them back to you Lay them at your feet And walk on And I think I could make it on my own Until the teardrops start Only when I'm sick or lonely when I see my life falling apart Now I'm getting on the right track Pray the Lord catch me if I fall For the days when I don't want Him Are the days I really need Him most of all Lord, the days when I don't want you Are the days I really need you Most of all And drivers, my friend, Gary Rayburn has a song and testimony called At the Foot of the Tree that Dennis McKay uh, recorded for Gary and did an awesome job. And just like Gary Rayburn, if you said that prayer, then you've got a testimony. So let's go to the foot of the tree. Lost without hope Eighteen wheels of lonesome At the end of the road In my hand was a track The preacher had read His words still echoing In the back of my head I felt so ashamed When I thought of my past I called his name This chance would it be my last Then I saw Jesus Hanging on that tree I lifted up my heart From down on my knees Today I met Jesus At the foot of the cross Broken-hearted and lonesome So long I've been lost I left a lifetime of misery At the foot of the tree Those 18 wheels are rolling that old lonesome road 
and I share the good news wherever I go. Yes, there's been a change. I'm not the man I used to be, and I tell everybody what's happened to me. How I felt so ashamed when I thought of my past, but I called his name. This chance could it be my last? Then I saw Jesus hanging on that tree, and I lifted up my heart from down on my knees. Today I met Jesus at the foot of the cross, broken-hearted and lonesome. So long, I've been lost. I left a lifetime of misery at the foot of the tree. Then I saw Jesus hanging on that tree. I lifted up my heart from down on my knees. Today I met Jesus at the foot of the cross. Broken-hearted and lonesome, so long I'd been lost. I left a lifetime of misery at the foot of the tree.